Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. It's your host, Katie Zaccardi, and my guest today is Fabiana Claré. Fabiana creates financial and artistic prosperity for musicians so they can win back their time and build a legacy without sacrificing their quality of life. And you know, we love that here. So today we're going to talk about how you can make more money in your music career, how you can think like an entrepreneur and how you can build up a business and make your business productized so that you can make more money in less time and be able to have that financial and time freedom that you're striving for. So I really think you're going to like today's episode. And I want to give you a heads up that this is going to be the second to last episode of season two. So I know we haven't been operating on official seasons, although I think I am going to go back and recategorize everything. Um, We did take a break after a long season one, and it's been another long season two. And I have really big ideas for what we're going to do for season three in the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Next week, I will do a solo episode before we officially wrap up. So I will talk to you then. But without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's episode with Fabiana. Hey, Fabiana, and welcome to the Out to Be podcast. Thank you, Katie. It's good to be here. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Before we dive in, can you tell us a little bit about you and your background and how you got started both in the music industry and as a coach? Sure. Um, well, my my background is as a classical pianist, a concert pianist. Most of my life, I really focused on developing myself as a musician culminating in a doctoral degree in piano performance after having studied in different parts of the world. I'm originally from Chicago, but my parents are Bolivian and I grew up in the different parts of the U.S. as well as in Bolivia and in Cuba. So coming from an international background, uh, settling into the United States in 2001, now 20 years ago, was a wonderful journey because I got to really experience the best of both worlds, being an outsider from American culture and then coming in and really understanding how to merge my international background with being, you know, living in the United States. Um, And so part of my uh, perspective around music education uh, and really becoming a musician started really early on in my career because my, since a very young age, that was my number one objective. I knew really early on in my life that I wanted to be a professional musician. So it was the main focus of most of my career up until my I guess, 30s, you know, going through different degree programs, performing nationally and internationally, uh, entering competitions, performing as a soloist with symphony orchestras in different parts of the United States and in Europe. And it was my full, like, really, everything I thought about was just how, 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 you know, versatile could I be as a musician? And when I was finishing my doctorate degree, um, my husband, who's also a pianist, we both were at a point where we're like, now what? (laughs) What do we do at this point, right? How do we go on and transition from being full-time musicians uh, and music educators into now creating a livelihood? And honestly, it hadn't really occurred to me to figure that out up until the end of my career, because for most of my studies, it wasn't a factor. I just thought, well, I'll just try to keep, you know, becoming the best performer I can be. um, and, And eventually it'll all pan out. So it was a really interesting awakening for me towards the end of my degree that figuring out that I need to learn about the business side of music too. Yeah, It's not enough to just be a great musician. Um, And so that's when I started taking some music business courses in the University of Miami and really fell in love with the business side of music and how to become an entrepreneur and what are the similarities between being a musician and being an entrepreneur. Uh, And so pretty soon after, my husband and I decided to create our own music school. So we built our first business uh, right there as we were culminating our doctoral degrees. Mm -hmm. 
and launched our brick and mortar music school back in 2011. Now it's been 12 years. It gave us an incredible platform to be able to have a livelihood upon graduating from a doctorate degree. In fact, not only were we able to sustain ourselves, but also we employed several of our colleagues who were facing the abyss of graduating from a doctoral degree and realizing there were no jobs out there, right? They're like It's the root awakening that most musicians realize when they get out of the academic bubble, that false sense of security of like, just keep studying, keep studying, keep studying, and things are going to pan out. Not unless you create something while you're studying. Like if you just study and focus on your education and don't focus on building anything for yourself, then when you graduate and you start polishing up your resume, hoping that someone gives you that job, you will be utterly disappointed finding out how competitive it is. So that was my realization that we were not going to just wait for someone to give us the job. We were going to create the job. Uh, And so we did it for ourselves and for several of our colleagues. And within five years of, um, of running our music school, I accepted a position here at the University of North Texas in Denton, Texas, to come and build their music business program to help musicians how to learn how to build their careers while still in school, just like I had. And so that idea really fascinated me. And at the same time, my husband and I had to reorganize our music school in Florida so that it would continue running without us there, physically present. So it's been now six years since we did that transition moving from Florida to Texas. Uh, And I ran the university program at the University of North Texas for five years. It was an incredible experience. I really, really enjoyed learning how to teach musicians, how to create prosperity in their careers, how to build thriving businesses. Uh, And in 2020, early 2020, I decided that I wanted to expand the work that I was doing within academia and really start helping musicians all around the world learn how to build businesses, but in a way that wasn't just about helping them um, learn how to create livelihood for themselves, but really building self-led organizations because that's what I had like realized that I could do. When I started my first business, I never thought that one day I would be running it remotely across the country and that it would continue running without me and profitably and even better than when the two of us were there. So my, my main focus has been since then to teach musicians how to create businesses where they become the CEOs and they are able to build a self-led organization, not just sustain themselves as artists. Uh, And so in 2020, I built uh, my first uh, coaching business, my online program called the Musician's Profit Umbrella, which was about that. It was about helping musicians really understand how to package their skills and create an online brand that would allow them to leverage more of their time and ultimately build not just a program, but a business, right? That could be self-led. So for the past two years, that has been my main focus. And last year, I actually quit my full-time job, much to the surprise of many of my colleagues in the field, because I, I was at a point of burnout and I really knew that I had to make a decision. Um, and so this has been, especially the last year, my main focus has been really understanding how to build a business without sacrificing any aspect of your life, without burning yourself out, kind of ditching that hustle mentality and helping musicians embrace more um, leverage and strategy in the way they build their businesses and redefine what success could look like on their own terms. Wow, that is an amazing story. And something that you said in there that I want to touch on a little bit more is the idea that you just thought, you know, keep getting better, like keep honing that skill, keep learning more, practicing more, keep getting better. And that'll, that in and of itself will allow for you to be employed. (laughs) So I've got a couple questions for you. Well, the first is, 
what type of jobs did you think might be available to you when you graduated only to find out that they weren't available or they weren't as easily accessible as you had originally thought they would be? Yeah, well, obviously, the first disappointment was realizing that I couldn't make a living as a concert pianist Mm. exclusively by performing, right? Which is what I had been trained my whole career to do. Like, that was my focus. It was, how can I become the best performer that I can be so that I can just play concerts and then, I guess, make a living out of that, right? So that that wasn't at the end of my career. I realized that, like, I would say halfway throughout my degrees, I was like, okay, so just living off of concerts, it's not impossible. Nothing is impossible, but the probabilities. And honestly, I started questioning whether I even wanted that lifestyle. Yeah. It wasn't only a matter of like whether it was possible. It was always like, I was also wondering, do I want to be depending on having to get on a plane all the time and traveling and being on stage all the time? Like, how am I going to raise a family? How am I going to create some sort of uh, life stability, lifestyle stability. Uh, And it was just, it just became a question mark. Like, do I even want to have that lifestyle? Right. Right. Uh, And so then the next, uh, the next option seemed based on obviously being in academia for so long, the next logical outcome meant potentially having a university job, right. Teaching at a university, Mm -hmm. um, modeling after, my mentors, my teachers, the people that I was working closely with, I would see their life and I would be like, oh, I guess I I need to aspire to be like my professors. Like little would I know that one day I would get to be a professor in a tenure track position and that I would actually walk away willingly from that because (laughs) I created a better way. But that's another story for another time, right? I mean, at, at that point, that seemed like the dream job. And I know that because most of my students also, when I was working with them at UNT, I would ask them, like, what do you want to do when you finish your degree? They would all say in unison, like, I want to be a college professor. Like, that's the dream job, right? Yeah. Uh, So I actually started kind of polishing my resume and, like, taking courses on how to interview for these job positions and preparing myself. And, like, I started getting all, like, okay, I'm going to try to get a job. But then my doctoral dissertation was all about researching how musicians develop their careers and what are the entrepreneurial trends that they pursue. And I started researching the statistics of the amount of people that graduate with doctoral degrees in music versus the amount of faculty openings. And the statistics were really, really, really alarming. Yeah, And that's when I started, I was like, wait a minute, how come no one told me about this before? And I was like, oh gosh, I guess I got to figure something out. I can't just wait. It's not impossible, right? But I don't want to wait on that. Right. Um, And so I honestly feel that by me deciding to create something in my own on my own and running it successfully for five years, when the time came that the opportunity for me to actually get a teaching job at university uh, appeared, like the fact that I had been able to create something on my own first, I know made me already stand out because mm-hmm. people were not just like, Gradu- I wasn't just graduating with a shiny doctoral degree and then expecting someone to give me a job to kind of rescue me into this. No, I went out there for five years, I did my own thing and I built my own thing. And if they wanted to give me the job, great. And if not, it's okay. I have something. Does that make yeah, sense? Absolutely. So I know that that empowered me even as a candidate for employment. The fact that I had built my own business already helped me stand you know, stand apart to set myself apart, which is why I tell, I, I always encourage my clients. And when I was a university educator, I would encourage my students, listen, even if you dream of joining some sort of institution at any point in your career like that's fine like you can totally want to do that but becoming self-sufficient and building your own thing is going to help elevate your 
profile and your credibility, no matter which path you want to take, whether you want to be 100% entrepreneur or whether you want to have some sort of a partnership, collaboration, employment situation anywhere. It's it's like yeah. a win-win, you know? Yeah. I hear all the time on TikTok musicians saying, why isn't the music enough? Or I wish that it was just about the music like it used to be. And, you know, I often talk about how it didn't actually ever used to be just about the music. But my question for you is, what would you say to someone who's either in that thought process or even is just feeling like, all right, I know I have to be an entrepreneur. I know that I have to, you know, study the business side of music and start to create money-making opportunities for myself, but I'm kind of like bitter about it or resentful and frustrated that I have to do this because I do still kind of wish it was just about the music and that that would be enough to get me employed or to get me gigs and to allow me to make money. Yeah. And I mean, here's the thing. I'm a musician myself, so I understand the energy it takes to polish our craft. Like I, I get it. It's not only a matter of resentment or feeling like you've been wronged <laughs> mm. and that you now need to learn all these things that no one taught you. I am completely aware. Like I gave, I still perform. I'm still an active musician. I just gave a concert a couple of months ago in an international piano series in Charleston. And, you know, I was practicing to, to get the, the pieces ready and really getting my chops up as best as I could. And then I would swap the activities with like getting on a coaching call with my clients or creating content and building the marketing piece of my business, mm -hmm. then switching back into the practice room and getting myself again, fully immersed yeah. into the actual musical work I was preparing. And I remember just being like, wow, like this is a struggle, you know, to just change yourself, your mindset, your focus, your energy. It takes an enormous amount of energy yeah. to become a professional musician. Like I'm completely aware with why many musicians feel like, why isn't this enough? Why do I have to do all these things? Yeah. Um, so I feel you. That's the first thing I want to say. It's like, I get it. You know, I don't want you to feel that we're coming in here and to be like, you need to do this. I get it. Yeah. I relate to that because I've been in your shoes and I still am in your shoes and I have to balance and I juggle these things every single day as I do everything that I do. Right. Um, I would say, you know, life is all about adaptability and flexibility. Mm -hmm. And this isn't just about whether we should embrace business in addition to what we do as artists, because as life happens to us, you know, different things are going to compete for our attention. It may be right now this tension that you're looking, you know, feeling, and I'm talking to your audience, you know, if they're feeling this tension between like, why do I have to work on the business instead of just practicing my instrument and doing what I love all day? Eventually, if you have a family, you know, it'll be the, the tension of like, how do I balance taking care of myself versus taking care of my kids? Right. Why does it have to be all about my kids versus myself? How do I bring back that balance? Yeah. Or maybe you are going to have a job one day and you're going to be like, why do I have to do this job? And when I could be just doing these other things, or maybe you're going to have your own business and you're going to be like, why do I have to serve my clients when instead I would want to just be, you know, practicing piano all day? There's always going to be that tension that forces us to ask ourselves what really matters in our life. Yeah. It's inevitable. And the beautiful thing about this is that we don't have to succumb to anyone's uh, rules. Like we get to live our life the way we want it to. And if you want to 
be playing the piano and practicing your music and working on your craft most of your day, guess what? It's possible. You just have to know how to set up your business in the right way and learn how to build the strategies and the delegation systems in place and learn how to create a good offer and learn how to talk about it strategically so that you attract the right type of clients who are going to allow you to build that lifestyle of artistic fulfillment that you want. It's all good. It's possible. You just have to have the right strategies and the right foundation to build it in alignment with the the way you want to live your life. If you want to have a flexible schedule, if you want to be able to travel, if you want to be able to spend most of your day playing your instrument, it's possible. You just have to know how to do it the right way, but it is possible. Yeah. So I know, as you said, you help musicians all around the world be able to package their skills and turn it into like a profitable and scalable online teaching or coaching business. So can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like and maybe even some examples of things that your clients have done by taking their skills and their expertise and be able to create a business that works for them? Absolutely. So one of the things that I really specialize in is, as I mentioned earlier, helping my clients go from being like burned out and overwhelmed musician entrepreneurs who have had experienced a relative level of success up until this point of their life, but have done so uh, through a lot of hard work, right? Very, very hard work, a lot of hard work and very, very diligently. They've they've just pushed their way through the success that they've received. Mm. And I help them transition into really visionary musician CEOs so that they can create much more leverage in their business and their day-to-day life, win back their time so that they can spend it more on what they really want to do, whether it's practicing more their instrument, whether it's spending more time with their family, taking care of themselves better. That's really my zone of genius, what I specialize in showing them how to get like more done and to get more growth and scale what they've created already without having to work harder, right? Uh, And so a lot of my clients come to me with this state of like, you know, they've been successful, but they're really tired and they don't understand how much harder they can work, frankly, like they work really hard. And I help them restructure the way they package their skills, the way they serve their clients. Like, for example, I have a client who came to me with a successful online cello program that she had been working with cellists around the world and she had been building her online presence, but she was maxed out in terms of her business model, right? She was in a place where she wasn't charging enough. She didn't really understand how to create the right type of structure so that people would work with her, not based on how much time she was spending with them, but instead based on the way she productized herself, so Mm. to speak, how she could create leverage, how she could create systems that would allow her clients to get better results without needing to be with her every step of the way. Right. So I helped her kind of redesign all of that. Uh, And in three months, she did her first launch and she was able to get five clients to pay her $5,000 each. She made $25,000 in three months. And in six months, she crossed the hundred figure mark, hundred thousand dollar mark. Just by applying these strategies of really understanding how to, how to create more leverage in your business. Also, she went from being the solopreneur who was doing all the things herself to working with the team and becoming more of a CEO and delegating and creating the right systems and structure so that the business continues growing and really 
creating ways for her team to be profitability drivers, not just administrative uh, delegation. In other words, not just hiring people to take stuff off her plate, but hiring people to help build in the profitability piece of her business. So not all of the sales depend on her alone, right? So we, we transitioned her into that. And now she's in my higher level program, which is my mastermind for people who cross six figures and want to be on the track to reaching seven figures. Mm -hmm. And so she's in that mastermind level program now. So that's an example of a musician who came into my program to really start building more leverage. She's a Grammy award winner. I mean, she played with Cirque du Soleil. She has two master's degrees, one in improvisation, one in classical cell. Like she had all the like authority and credentials. She just didn't know how to work smart instead of hard. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I know there's a lot of people out there who are doing similar things and they might be doing music and, you know, teaching voice or guitar or whatever it is on the side. And they have some clients that they do virtual or maybe even in-person lessons with, but they're finding it hard to still bring in the income and they feel like it's taking up all of their time. So for people who already have Um, some sort of foundation of teaching or coaching, but they just don't know how to actually make the money that they want to make from it without it taking up all their time. Where do you usually recommend they get started to begin to scale their business and be able to bring in those structures um, and the income that they're desiring? Yeah. So the first thing I make them understand is how they can work from a higher level of value rather than being the ones doing all the things in their business. You see, when we are trying to grow our businesses only from the standpoint of the more work I do, the more my business will grow, Mm -hmm. we're operating under a false assumption. That assumption is the first thing we need to switch around and help musicians understand that the way to grow your business is not by doing more in it, but by strategically deciding what you need to do and what other people need to do for you or systems or technology. It's about delegating in any way that you can. Mm -hmm. Some people may not be in a position to hire a lot of people yet, but they can certainly restructure the way they work and use systems like technology, automations, you know, softwares and things that take stuff off their plate so that they can really understand what do I need to do to grow this business? How can I work on the business versus in the business? That's the first realization is like, the more you can put yourself in a position of visionary CEO, thinking to yourself, if I had a team ready for me to give them direction and guidance on what I need for my business to grow without me being the one doing it, what would I tell the team? And I can relate to that question because the first time I started my first business uh, in, in 2011, my mentors, I've worked with coaches and mentors my entire life. And so they told me, you need to hire an assistant. Like you need to have someone helping you with the day-to-day tasks. So I literally hired two different assistants because they were both part-time. So one came Monday, Wednesday, Friday. The other one came Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And I remember telling them on the first day on the job, I have no idea what to tell you to do. Like, I don't know what you need to do. My coaches told me that I need to hire you and I need to delegate and I need to restructure the way I work so that I can work on the business versus in the business. But I don't know what to tell you to do. Yeah. Right. So it's a legitimate roadblock that many musicians face, which is what stops them from really taking these steps of really creating more leverage in their business because they feel it's easier for them to just do it. You know what I mean? Like, "Ah, I'm just going to do it real quick. I'll learn how to do this and I'll just do it. And no one can do it quite like I can. And it's true, 
And instead of looking at this from a lens of like, wait, I need to work on the business. I need to be the the face of the business. I need to create visibility for the business. I need to attract my dream clients to the business. I need to, of course, serve my clients at the same time, over deliver while still focusing on the growth of the business. I can't be the one doing all the things. Someone needs to help me take stuff off my plate. And whether or not you can afford hiring someone, for me, it's a matter of like, you cannot afford not to hire someone. You know, even if it's, you know, the, the five hours a week, it doesn't really matter. But just coming with the, to the realization that if you want to grow your business, you want to scale, you can't do it alone. You have to delegate. That's the first thing. And then from there, really, okay, if you're willing to delegate and you're willing to start now focusing on creating systems and systematizing everything you do, like asking yourself, what do I do day to day in my business? And what should I be doing? There will be some things that you may may not want to delegate, and that's okay. But always asking yourself, is this thing I'm doing right now, is this something I can systematize, maybe put it in some documents, step by step, and teach someone how to do that and be able to oversee how they do it? Because, yeah, at the beginning, no one will do it quite like you, but you have to be willing to let go of that control. So there's a lot of mindset things that need to be discussed as well in terms of like, it's okay if people do it and then they mess up and then you have to go in and fix it. Like, even if they don't do it just the way you are doing it, it's still 100% worth your energy and time to be willing to do that for it. And then, of course, from there, looking at the actual offer, what are you actually selling? Is it something that your audience really wants and values? Are you positioning it strategically? Are you pricing it strategically based on what you need, not based on what Excel, you know, ABC people are charging? Asking all these fundamental questions to really empower them to to realize that they have a clear path ahead of them and they just have to make the decision to want to take it. Yeah. I know that a lot of people in the music industry, I feel like chronically undercharge for what mm-hmm. they're worth. Is this something that you've noticed with your clients and how do you help them overcome that if so? Yeah. So they do undercharge, but more than undercharging, they're just working with a flawed model, in my opinion. It's not just about, it's not just about charging more and still being, uh, serving your clients in a way that is limiting. It doesn't matter how much you charge. If you're doing one-on-one programs, one-on-one services exclusively, you're going to have a cap. You could charge a hundred thousand dollars. It doesn't matter. You're still going to have a cap. Yeah. And I love empowering musicians and showing them how they can actually create unlimited earning potential by working in a way that doesn't give them those limitations of time versus money exchange. So more often than not, the conversation, in my opinion, should be around how smart are you working versus how much are you charging? Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. For our listeners who might be wondering, okay, how do I work smarter though? What are some examples you can give of how you can restructure from a one-on-one program or just doing one-on-one lessons to supplement what you're doing to be able to scale a little bit more and bring in more money without it costing all of your time. Productize your business. What does that mean? Understand how to package your expertise in a way where people can access your brilliance, can access your knowledge, and you can include still some sort of a hybrid component to it. Like this doesn't mean it's impersonal or it's just 100% detached. Like I get it. We love interacting with our clients in real time. 
especially when we come in from these models of like a lot of one-on-one, like we love that human and touch that human touch, right. That personalization of the, of the experience and it's valuable. So be creative. Like it's time to use your creativity that you've had in your music side to apply to how you could package your services in a way where it's not all based on how much time people spend with you, but it's based on how you can productize your expertise either through a combination of pre-recorded content with an element of one-on-one weekly support, either through a combination of access to you through Q&A sessions, weekly Q&A sessions, um, perhaps a Facebook group, some sort of a Slack channel, some way where people can have access to your knowledge, not to your time, and explore what would make it feel exciting to you what would be convenient for you in terms of time commitment, right? You don't have to meet with all your students once a week for infinity. Like you can package your program. Maybe you can have a group meeting once a week. Maybe you can have once a month one-on-one if you still want to do one-on-ones. A lot of my clients do that, right? In the, in the journey of kind of phasing themselves out of the business uh, while still providing their clients with that exquisite transformation that they need to get results. Right. But the most important thing is that you look at the way you serve uh, and that musicians consider what are the actual results that I help people achieve? Mm. What are the actual transformations? What do those look like? And how can I talk about the work that I do based on those results versus based on the process? Because ultimately, when you want to package your skills strategically, you need to be able to define the work that you do based on the result, because that's what people are going to actually pay for. They're not going to pay for your time. They're going to pay for the result. So how creative can you be and how eloquent and how strategic can you be in defining the outcomes and connecting those obviously with the desires that your clients have and tuning into what those desires are, right? Asking yourself, who do I really want to serve and what do they actually want? And how can I tap my program promise, so to speak, that ultimate result and connected with their desires. So there's a lot of psychology and empathy in this process of asking yourself, how can I put myself in my ideal client's shoes as intimately as connected as possible so that I really understand what makes them tick? You can't convince people of things you want them to do. You can only tune into what they want and you need to talk to them from that perspective. Yeah, I love that. So for people who are listening right now and they're like, this is awesome. You've painted a picture for how much money people can make and the success of your clients and the fact that I can maybe make more and do less. (laughs) And that sounds awesome, but I'm actually not even a coach or teacher yet. Like I'm a musician, I'm good at what I do, but I've, you know, maybe had other jobs or just tried to focus on making money from being a musician, but not coaching or teaching. What do you recommend to someone who's thinking about getting into that area of the industry and starting to coach or teach? Do they need any specific qualifications or um, certain just business things (laughs) to get started? Um, So I would actually say this is a great question, Katie, because oftentimes this is the reason why people don't do it because they think they need to have XYZ credentials. Yeah. Um, and I don't believe that's necessary. I don't think it would hurt. I don't say you shouldn't look for that, but I do believe that it is not a prerequisite Mm -hmm. to succeed in owning your authority and 
sharing your brilliance immediately, like today. Nothing is in standing is standing in the way. We are no longer a music industry that depends on gatekeepers like record labels, right? Or concert promoters to tell the general public that they should listen to us. We live in an era where we can literally click a button, turn on our camera and be in touch directly with our ideal clients if we decide to do so at any time, at any day. There's nothing standing in the way from us positioning ourselves, sharing what we can do for others showing up from a place of true service and authenticity and generally being okay with people saying yes and people saying no mm. and not feeling attached to any particular outcome. Nothing stands in the way. The moment you, uh, you decide you want to really start building your own brand and packaging your skills more strategically and offering what you have, It's just about sharing your story and letting people know that this is what you're doing. Like, that's really it. You just need to let people. And the best way to start is actually with the people who already know and love you. Mm. Like I started my first program round um, and it was an amazing journey because initially when I look through my Rolodex, let me put it this way, my contacts, I was a little torn. Like, I don't know who I could help. I don't know who would want this. And I don't know if people even want it. Right. Then I launched my first program in June of 2020, just two years ago. And I made, you know, $78,000 with people who were like, yes, I'll pay you. Even though I had no like curriculum set out or anything. I was, it's funny because I was a university educator at the time. I was still working full-time in my university program that I was teaching. And many of my colleagues were also university educators. So they asked me, okay, Fabiana, where's the syllabus? I want to see what we're going to be doing week by week for the six month program It was a six month program that I had at the time. Mm -hmm. And I literally told them, I have no syllabus. Like, I'm just going to put this up week by week based on what I see you all need. And I'm going to curate this based on where, where you are. And yeah. we're going to co-create this together. Like this was my hundred percent honest answer. And it was like great because I really had the opportunity to create it in real time, yeah. directly responding to what I felt my clients needed the most. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of what I want to emphasize that now, obviously my curriculum has like an extensive library of trainings and I still present weekly live trainings every week. And I'm still very much in touch with my clients. We have coaching calls. I've got weekly live trainings in addition to the like pre-recorded library. And sometimes when my clients join my program, they're like, Oh my gosh, like you've got all this stuff. I would never be able to start something and I would have to put all this together. I always remind them I started with nothing. Like I started yeah, yeah. literally week by week creating all of this. So don't worry. Like you need to just define what you want your life to look like, define how you want to serve, define who you want to serve and what you want to charge for that in a way that feels good to you and then sell it. And then as you start selling it and delivering it, you build it. Yeah. So one more question on that note, and that is, How can someone figure out what their skills are that they can monetize? Because, uh, you know, some of our audience might be sitting here thinking, well, I know how to play piano, but I don't know that I know how to teach piano or I know how to sing, but I don't know if I want to like mess with someone's voice because I'm not, you know, a certified voice teacher. I didn't study it. And I know how to book gigs, but I don't, you know, I don't know if there's demand for that. How do you figure out, hey, here are the skills that I have that, people want to learn and here's how I can, here's what I can monetize. Absolutely. That's a great question. And there's a really short answer. Just ask, mm, just ask your people, <laughs> just ask your people, you know, yeah. what do they want? Yeah. What do they need? 
ask your people, how could you help them? Literally. Like if there's one thing you could get from me, what would that be? Ask your people. Yeah. I'm a fan of creating research and data-based programs, meaning you're not just sitting out in your room isolated, trying to envision this thing that you spend weeks and months and years creating until you one day present it to the public and like, here we are, ta-da, like, no. Create it with direct input from your audience. Ask them, what do they want? How are they going about their problems? What are they currently using to solve those problems? And then you can see, do I have something that I could do better? Do I have a better idea? Do I have a better solution than what they're using? Mm. If the answer is yes, then there you go. If the answer is no, keep asking. Yeah. Let them tell you what you could do for them. Of course, it's good that you know what you want, what you like, what excites you. That's all good. But that's just 50% of the puzzle. You still need to go and ask your people. Yeah. And I think it's so important because a lot of um, coaches and even musicians, right? It's like they'll put out exactly and only what they want and only the way they want it instead of ever thinking about the person on the other side. And I'm not saying that as a musician, you should create music specifically for other people. But if you're going to present something to someone else and expect them to pay you for it, you want to think about how they're going to perceive and receive it. What do they want out of this? How are they going to get the most out of this? How are they going to get the most enjoyment out of it or the most education out of it or whatever it is that you are presenting to them? So thinking not just about, oh, you know what? I really like to talk about how to do my hair. And so I'm going to just create a course on that when your audience doesn't even know that you like to do hair. They don't care about their hair. They don't want to learn that from you. There could be a major disconnect there. And, you know, either you got to find the right audience or rethink, okay, what does my audience that I have right now need and want from me? And I would say that's one of the hardest uh, mindset shifts that musicians need to take. Because if you think about it, we're very self-centered in the process of becoming musicians. It's all about our craft. It's all about our commitment to practicing. We live in our own bubbles. We're trying to become the best musicians we can be. It's all about me, 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 right? And so when you're now trying to turn around and really position yourself as someone who can provide a solution as a business person, as an entrepreneur, all of a sudden this perspective needs to switch 180 degrees. It's like, it's not about me. Not even your story is about you. Think about that. Yeah. I tell that to my clients, like, I'm going to share my story. Okay. I was born here and I started here. Like no one cares about that. No one cares. You need to be able to talk about your story in a way that resonates with where your ideal clients are in their journey right now and how that relates to them and their problems. And it's a hard thing to understand, but wait, it's my story. Yeah. No one cares. You just need to connect it to what they are going through and allow them to be seen through your journey. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> these are great, uh, great topics um, that I think will help a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Audience. Okay. So last question for you before we wrap up, and it's a little bit of a big one, but I want to get into it. And it's how do you, and how do you recommend your clients? What advice do you give to your clients? Uh, how do you balance being a musician and being an entrepreneur and having a coaching and teaching business? Because I know that one of the biggest things that musicians desire is to not lose time for their art and they want to make money and they want to maybe be able to coach and teach others and that's really fulfilling for them but they also want to make sure they have time to write and perform or do whatever it is in music that they want to do so how do you balance that yeah that's a great question and i hear this uh, many times in 
when I speak with musicians, they're like, oh, this sounds all great, but I don't want to stop playing. Like, I want to make sure I stay active as a musician. Yeah. And I'm like, I, me too. Like, I'm on the same boat, right? I, I, I believe that's very important. Uh, and I'll tell you, for a significant period of my life, I struggled balancing those two. I struggled with being a entrepreneur, having a university degree like program that I was creating, being a mother of two. Uh, and I just didn't understand. And I felt like it was almost like a luxury. I was being selfish when I would sit at the piano, just practice for the sake of practicing. Mm-hmm. I always struggle with that notion of like, no, I'm a prof- professional musician. I don't want to just play for fun and recreation. I want to play for like for work. I want it to be like real work. Yeah. Um, and so for many, many years, unless I had a paid gig, I didn't practice. I was like, why am I doing this? And then it all came together for me in 2020 when I realized it's actually about putting it all together in an umbrella. Mm. That's where the topic, the musician's profit umbrella, that's where the trademark came from. Because for me, it was like, oh, wait a minute. I can actually put all of my sides together into an online business, build a brand around everything that I do. And therefore, I now have not just justification to practice and keep my artistic side alive. It's a requirement for my business brand. So what I love in showing musicians the benefits of building your online brand is that what you do as an artist, you do it because now your brand depends on it. So you have more justification than ever to keep that side of you alive. Because in my case, specifically, to give you an example, I'm a pianist and I'm a business strategist for musicians. And who do I work with? Musicians who want to learn how to create that balanced lifestyle. So it is my job. You know, I see it as my responsibility to model that life for them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So now all of a sudden it's so exciting because it doesn't really matter whether the gig I'm playing at pays me well or doesn't pay me well or whatever. It's not about that. It's about me keeping that artistry alive for the sake of my business. And of course, for the sake of my soul, let's start with that. Yeah. But it's always been that, that tension between like, how can I do things just for pleasure versus for business? Now it all makes sense. And this is what I love the most. I'm so happy you're ending our interview with this question because that's where it all comes together for me. Yeah. Because now I find a real like valid reason to keep my artistic side alive. I love that. It's like built in accountability in some ways. <laughs> like, exactly. I've got to show up for my clients. And the way I can do that is by continuing my art. And it, it, love it's it. a win win. Are there any other like wellness um, practices or personal habits or, you know, spiritual practices that you have that help you stay sane? Because I know it can be a lot to be multifaceted and be a business owner um, and be a musician and you're a business owner as a musician. So anything else that you have in your routine that helps you just stay grounded and be able to keep going without burning out? Absolutely. And I could, you know, we could have another podcast interview just on that topic (laughs) (laughs) because it's a huge topic. And I really believe it's so, so, so important for musicians to take that part seriously, because again, driven, you know, a type players, we're very driven and we can easily lose track of taking care of ourselves in the process because we want to go, 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 go and get stuff done and create things and be successful. Um, And I will tell you that it's a journey for me. I don't want to show up here and say, oh, my life is so balanced. I have it all figured out. No, this is something that I'm always asking myself, like, how can I create more alignment? In fact, that's my word for 2022. It's alignment. I love that. Um, I love you know? That's my word every day of my life. <laughs> yeah. I'm not always in alignment every day, but it's- Right. None of us are, right? It's a journey. It's a journey. Yeah, but I will tell you that, um, especially lately, I have been really diligent in creating morning and evening rituals. Mm-hmm. Like 
my day is not okay how can i explain this i don't see my day as like morning and from like from the moment i wake up till the moment i go to bed and then the next day another day no my day is from the moment i decide i want to start like unwinding like that's when my next day already started i stop i stop work i start unwinding you know removing myself from stimulation from technology from screen uh dimming down the lights and just taking a warm bath like doing all the things that are already psychologically preparing me for a deep night's sleep and then i wake up most recently i've been waking up using this 5 a.m club strategy where i wake up at 5 a.m and i spend a good hour hour and a half just focusing on me exercising, meditating, journaling, centering myself, planning my day before my kids wake up and all the craziness starts. And that's like, that's really my, my self-care time from the night before unwinding, because you can't wake up at 5am if you don't really have a good night's sleep and you sleep enough. Cause yeah. for me, sleep is very important, right? Oh, yeah. So it's not about just waking up at five. It's how do you prepare yourself to wake up at five? Yeah. You got to stop work. You have to have an early dinner, right? And get yourself ready but I can tell you it's been a game changer because my day is like after, you know, I decided you know, I, I finished that routine. That's when my day really begins. So I have this wonderful parenthesis at the end of my day until the first few hours of the morning where it's just me taking care of myself, mm. taking care of myself exquisitely so that after I finish that routine in the morning, like at 637, my day goes until like five, right? back-to-back meetings, this, that, whatever it is that I want to do, uh, alternating activities, you know, personal time with working time. It's all like, but it's still, I'm on, right? I'm on like mentally, emotionally practicing, coaching clients, doing things, interviews, podcasts, you name it. But then when I stop, I give myself that ritual of like really honoring and remembering I got to wake up at five next day. So I got to like, that's my next day. My next day starts at like 5 p.m. Yeah. Think about it that way. So your your next day starts at 5 p.m. until 5 a.m., right? And then you wake up. Then So that kind of break in between my working mode to my recharging mode is has been a game changer for me and one that I know will help me keep my endurance going because it's at the end of the day, it's all about your energy. How do you manage your energy? And if you, no matter how hard you work, if you're burning yourself out, it's going to like affect your business sooner or later. So morning and evening rituals, whatever those look like for you. um, Like I cannot overstate enough how important that is for musicians to respect those and to see those as like the ultimate game changers. If you can give yourself time and in the evening and in the early morning to dedicate on yourself, everything else is going to work out during your day. That is amazing advice. I'm I think that's a great place to end and kind of leave our listeners with this inspirational bit. Take care of yourselves, set yourselves up for success um, each and every day. Thank you, Fabiana, so much for coming on today. Tell us where we can connect with you, follow you, and work with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, I have a great resource that I think could help anyone who's wondering, well, okay, so what are the next steps? How do I actually go about setting this umbrella idea? It all sounds great, but where do I begin? Uh, and it's it's a guide, it's a training that walks you through the 10 steps of creating your own online business and understanding how to package and build more leverage in your business. Mm. And you can get that on my website at fabianaclore.com forward slash gift. It's a free training with a handout that you can fill out as you go and really unlock 
the mystery of like, where do you even begin in this process? So if you just go, it's F-A-B-I-A-N-A-C-L-A-U-R-E.com forward slash gift. Then I also have a free community that I nurture really often. I present weekly trainings there completely free. It's our Facebook group. It's called Musicians Creating Prosperity. Um, and every time I do some sort of a training, a masterclass, anything like that, it's always done there as well. So you're welcome to anyone who would like to just be a part of that community. It's completely free. You can join us at Musicians Creating Prosperity inside our Facebook group. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today. It has been amazing chatting with you and everyone go follow Fabiana and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you, Katie. Great having this conversation. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Out To Be podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, rate and review it on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us spread the message and get this podcast out to even more women in music. For more information on coaching services, head to katiezacardi.com. See you next week.